Like a circle that floats around me, keeping me safe and sound. And when I fall, you've tied a rope to me. You're blessing me every day. I was down with an illusion, like a sparrow with broken wings. But now I shine with your reflection on me. I'm getting back up on my feet. Hey everybody, um, welcome to Inclusion Unscripted. Um, so happy you could join us today. And I am super psyched about being live today on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, uh, particularly on LinkedIn, um, enjoying the time and the space. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Margaret Spence. I am the founder of the Inclusion Learning Lab. And this is my podcast, and this is our live program. Let me tell you a little bit about Inclusion Unscripted and why this is occurring and why we have un Inclusion Unscripted. Have you ever wanted a space where you could just say what needed to be said about diversity and inclusion? I think we always um, shy away from having the extremely uncomfortable conversations around diversity and inclusion. We don't wanna have these really uncomfortable conversations, the ones that leave us thinking, oh my God, am I saying the right thing? Am I saying the wrong thing? So Inclusion Unscripted is here to not only offer diversity and inclusion practitioners a space to learn and say what needs to be said, but also to look at how we develop women leaders. This is a full basket of, of initiatives that we're bringing forward. So Inclusion Unscripted, we're live every Friday at 2 p.m. We're a 45-minute podcast. We just want to ask bold questions and address topics that may not be addressed in the diversity space. So to tell you a little bit about me, I have been a consultant for 22 years. I have an insurance background, and I've been in HR and consulting for a number of years. The Inclusion Learning Lab, who sponsors um, the Inclusion Unscripted, drives change through advocacy, education, research, and action to solve the greatest problem of our time, which is creating greater inclusion, not only in the workplace, but in our world that we live in, every part of the world that we live in, creating um, greater inclusion for everyone so that all voices are heard and we appreciate and respect the differences that we all bring to the table and the voice that we bring to the table. So today's hot topic, today's super hot topic, is equity and equality. So we're gonna talk through equity and equality today, and I'm gonna attach a lens to this that I don't know that we have, we're used to hearing the lens that I'm bringing to the table. Every diversity and inclusion program is built in two silos. They're built within equity and equality. And typically, we have a lot of discussion around equality. We talk about how we're going to make equal spaces for people to grow and thrive in their career, in the business, in, in the organization and the organizational level, and how we're going to make this space for people to show up and be themselves. We talk about belonging and we talk about inclusive voices. Fantastic. All of that's great. But what we never actually dive into really deeply is the equity side of the house. See, we sort of say to ourselves, if the organization 
gives us equality, equity will follow. If the organization creates a space for equity, if they create a space for, for equality, and I get to show up at the table, which I haven't been invited to before, and I show up at that table, then I'm going to get the equity that is due to me. What we haven't said to anyone effectively is what does the equity space look like? What does the equity space look like? You know, we, we really are clear about the equality piece. We're really clear. Most organizations have put forward great policies. You want to have more Black people, more Hispanic people, more Asian people. You want to bring in the LGBTQ community. You want to give everybody a voice. You want to bring everyone to the table. And you want to create this level playing field where everybody could feel included and belong. We have our definition down really pat when it comes to equality. And when it comes to equality for women, we're saying, you know, for women, we want to create greater opportunity for women. We want to give women the space to come into the organization and see themselves in upward mobility. And we want to be able to move them through the continuum so that they are feeling more equitable in this space. Great. And we want to give advancement. And so we run out and we create programs. We create leadership development programs. We create mentorship programs. We create talent development processes. And we create recruiting processes. All geared, all of it geared towards equality. Every bit of that is geared towards equality. What is never discussed is what equity looks like for a woman, what equity looks like for a person of color, what equity looks like for any marginalized community. We don't talk about that piece. We, we are really, and, and we've gotten conditioned to where we are okay with the, they're making it equal for us to be here. But let me give you equity in a nutshell. Here's what equity looks like in the reality of what equity looks like in an organization, the reality of what equity looks like. So equity is this. Every organization has two sides of the house. And those of you who've heard me speak before, you'll hear me say this. Every organization has two sides of the house. There is the profit center side of every organization, every company, whether you are a small, tiny organization, even if you are a nonprofit, there's a side that creates the profit and or the money engine of the organization. And on the opposite side of the house is the cost center side of the organization. So there is the profit center and there is the cost center. What we tend to do when we're doing DEI work is talk about the cost center. We want more people in our pipeline. We want to hire students from HBCUs and we want to bring them in. We want to hire more women and we want to put them into leadership development programs and we want to move them up. We want to create programs that will empower you to be successful in our organization. 
But how does a woman who arrives in your company today figure out how she gets equity at the table? And, and here's what I want organizations and HR and talent people to understand. Equity is not a paycheck. It is not a paycheck. Within every company, there are people who exist on the profit center side of the house. And there are all of us that exist on the cost center side of the house. We cost the organization. We are a part of the organization's talent pool and we cost the organization money. So if you're on the cost center side of the house and you're asking for growth on the cost center side of the house, what exactly does equity look like for you? What exactly does that look like? That's the question I wanna answer today. So here's an example. If you think of the C-suite, the executive suite, typically, if a CEO is asked to leave an organization, nobody gives him an exit and they say, okay, Mr. CEO, here's your exit. We don't want you here anymore. We're firing you, we're letting you go, right? Typically what happens is the CEO has already negotiated his exit strategy when he is brought on board. And I say he because the majority of CEOs are men. So I say he, right? So if he is brought on and he has negotiated his exit, if I screw up in this company, if I do a horrible job, if the work that I do is so bad, you want me to go, you got to give me a check to leave. That's equity. That's equity. He's not going out the door because he wants to go out the door. He's going out the door. Uh, with a check. They're writing him a check to leave. If you're on the cost center side of the house, they fire you. You get called down to HR. HR shows up and says, Margaret, come down to HR. We want to have a conversation with you. And you sort of know immediately that that conversation means you're going to be fired. And in that process, they'll tell you, today's your last day. We've already had security clear out your office. If you're in, if you're working, um, not working remotely prior to the pandemic, let's say, they'll say, okay, we're gonna clean out your office for you, Margaret. And in cleaning out your office, security will walk you through the door and we'll send you your last two weeks paycheck, or better yet, we'll give you outsourcing, outplacement, we'll um, have you contact our outplacement company and they'll work with you on building your resume, which you haven't built in the last 10, 15 years you've been working for them. And they'll help you learn how to interview, which you haven't probably done in years. And they will um, assist you in possibly finding a new job. And the reality, the outplacement company gives you an online portal and you go knock yourself out. But if you're the CEO or if you're on the profit side of the house, that's not quite how your exit sounds. Your exit doesn't sound that way. Your exit is... Okay, we promised you some stock options. We promised you some ability to get a financial reward for the work you've done here. And oh, by the way, we want you to go because you're a screw up. But on the way out the door, remember that big package, that balloon 
that you asked for for your soft landing, we're going to give that to you on the way out the door. So what you find is on the profit center side of the house, people get to screw up because they have a golden parachute. They get to screw up. They have the license to screw up because they know that even if they screw up on the profit center side of the house, there is a soft landing for them. It will be easy for them to go out and get a new job. Or it'll be easy for them to take a few months before they look for another job because they have a guaranteed paycheck coming in the door. And so when you're doing the work of DE&I, I think, in my opinion, we are asking for the wrong things. We're asking for the wrong things. We are asking to build more cost center employees in an organization. We're asking organizations to give us more validation within the cost center space. That's what we're doing. We're asking for cost center opportunity. We are not asking for profit center growth opportunity. We're not asking for that. We're still negotiating on the same land that was given to us 100 years ago that we didn't get 60 years ago that we're still fighting for today. And so when you're doing the work of DE&I, and for all of you non-minority DE&I professionals out there who are doing this work, it's no longer fair to ask for us to get equality. It's no longer fair for you to ask for us to get equality. It's not. You have to ask for us to get equality and equity simultaneously. What does the equity table look like for a person of color? How do I increase my bottom line as a person of color? How do I transition from the cost center side of the house? What is the talent development strategy to move a person from the cost center side of the house to the profit center side of the house? How does that look? Because oftentimes what we are doing is what I call the worker beaver syndrome, meaning we're creating more workers to do the work but we're not creating more equitable partners within the organization. And even if, so let me give you an example that's even um, more annoying for me, is that even if a person is moved into an executive role, you've given the person an executive title, they're now in the executive role, Nobody has the honest discussion about what the, equity, what the equity table looks like for our counterparts who are in the equity side of the house. Nobody tells you, Margaret, we're going to promote you to vice president of operations because you've earned the right for that position and you're the option that we want to pick for, the, for that position. But nobody's going to say to us in that process, and Margaret, Typically in this role, you are eligible for this and this and this and this. So even when we get the positions, 
on the equity side of the house, the conversation that occurs with us as diverse professionals is not the same conversation that occurs with our counterparts. It's not even the same conversation for women that occur with men. It's not the same conversation. When a man is brought from the cost center side of the house to the profit center side of the house, he is told what's on the table. What's, what is his counterpart getting? When we as women end up over there, they don't tell us what we are missing. And so it's years of working on that side and asking and, and hearing conversations when you realize, wait a minute, there's a whole nother side of this house that I knew nothing about. And, and that this is so evident within the insurance space, which is where I spend my career, that we will, we will give people what I call paper tiger job titles, vice president of XYZ. But that role means nothing. It has nothing attached to it. And even when it does, for a person of color, you may not be getting the full equity that is due to you on that side of the house. Because at the end of the day, what we have to understand is we're dismantling a system that is totally comfortable with having us on the cost center side of the house. Most of us operate on the cost center side of the house. Even as a consultant, I am operating on the cost center side of the house. The only difference is as a consultant, I could decide that I want to add a profit level into my fees, but I'm still operating on the cost center side of the house. What we have to become more strategic about is understanding the vast difference between equity and equality. Analyzing your career based not only on equity, not only on equality, but also on equity. Analyzing your career and saying, okay, from a equality standpoint, I wanna see my career move like this. I wanna see my career move from point A to point B, right? But from an equity standpoint, I wanna see my career grow in the following way. I wanna see it grow like this. This is the financial incentive that I want to have with my career as I'm growing it. So if we are all supposed to arrive at the table together, the question for every organization is what's the table that we're not arriving at together? It is the cap table. It is the cap table. It's the place where equity is handed out. Let me give you an example on the in the in the tech space. If we join as black professionals and minority professionals and women, if we join an organization early enough when they are a startup, then we probably join the organization at the point where we would get automatic equity as they get investors growing and and they're beginning to grow. Okay? We would come to the cap table with a level of equity baked in.
But the challenge for minority professionals in tech is that we don't arrive at the table early enough to get the equity. So we often arrive at the table when they're hiring the general population within the organization. And because we arrive at the table when they're hiring the general population and the all employee category, then we are not eligible for the equity. We're not eligible for the equity. So that's how this, and, and, and the, the challenge is oftentimes as minority professionals, as black professionals, we don't want to leave the comfort of the organizations we know for a startup organization, because in going to a startup organization, we may feel, well, I don't know if they're going to make it. And so I'm giving up my current salary and career, and maybe they won't make it in six months and I will be out the door. And so I won't get, I, I want the security of the current role I have. So based on that thinking, we talk ourselves out of opportunities to go to the equitable table, to the equity table. We talk ourselves out of that table. When we are being groomed to move up in the organization, we often don't ask the question, which is what, what, is, what does equity look like here? What does equity look like in this organization? You know, what is, what is the, equity, the equity discussion for me? What is that equity discussion for me? We don't ask that question. And so because we're not asking that question, we're limiting and putting a cap on our ability to grow financially. Most women, and I'll, I'll go to women, most women leave millions of dollars on the table every year because we don't know how to negotiate our salaries. We don't know how to negotiate our contracts. We don't know how to negotiate our processes. And even when we know how to negotiate, we're still talked down and asked to take less than we wanted. So that's typical for women. That is a norm for women. When it comes to black women, minority women, Hispanic women, Asian women, AAPI women, um, Native American women, when we get an opportunity to get to the table, because we don't have a playbook, we don't know what to ask. We have no idea what it is that we should be asking for when we're in the negotiation process. When we're being offered upward growth and upward mobility, we're only so concerned about, oh my God, they're giving us this opportunity to grow. They're giving this this opportunity to move up, right? And so we don't necessarily ask for what is the equity for me? What is the equity for me? So how do we, how do we fix this? I, you know, I always, every time I do these, I always want to, to come up with a way to fix it. You know, what is the advice that I want to give to an organization about equity and equality? What is the question that you as an HR or talent professional or DEI expert, what is it that you should be asking for on behalf of your at-risk professionals? What, what should you be asking for? If you're in the room and I'm not in the room and you're in the room, and you are asking for, you know, for me to be hired. 
you're trying to increase the number of black women who are hired by your organization, or you're creating a very comprehensive leadership development program. What are the positions that you are asking for me to be led into? Are those positions on the cost center side of the house? How do you know if a position's on the cost center side or the profit center? Let me, let me, let me dive that a little bit. Let me ask that question. And let me pause for a second for all of you who are joining live today. Again, if you've joined a little bit late, my name is Margaret Spence. I'm the founder of the Inclusion Learning Lab, and this is Inclusion Unscripted. We are live every Friday at 2 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and on LinkedIn. And um, we discuss hot topics around diversity, inclusion, and women's empowerment and women's leadership development and topics that maybe everyone else is not talking about. If you have show ideas and you think you'd like to, to give me ideas on what we should talk about, visit our website, inclusionlearninglab.com. And we have a, a sign-up sheet there. You can send me an email, reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Margaret Spence on LinkedIn. Send me a direct message and tell me some show ideas that you want me to talk about or some hot topics you think should be um, we should discuss. And we'll be having some guests in the coming weeks. We'll be bringing on some folks to talk about women's leadership development, um, diversity and inclusion, inclusion specifically, but also about career navigation. Because Inclusion Unscripted says one thing, whatever you've given me, whatever is the normal that you've asked me for, whatever you've said, this is the normal for me, we want you to unscript the normal. Because we can't keep doing things the same way and expecting a different result. And what I know as a person who've, who's been doing risk management, HR, and um, compliance work for years and years, is the systems we're trying to dismantle are so baked into the cake that it's not even the flour. It's the soil that the wheat was planted on. And so if we're going to dismantle them, we can't follow the script that's been given to us. We have to look at the script a little bit differently and dissect the script and ask the bolder questions like the one we're asking today, which is, are you asking for equity or equality? Which one are we really asking for and which one do we truly need? And in my view today, in 2021, going into 2022, while we need equality, we also now need a firm plant on equity. We need a firm plant on equity. And if you're going to the well as a DEI professional and you're asking again for equality and you're asking to hire more black and brown people and more underserved people into your organization and you're not asking how will these people ever get equity in this organization, then you're not serving us effectively. You're not serving us effectively. Okay. For me, Every time I go into an organization, I look at ways to create equity for diverse people. And equity doesn't always look the way that I want it to look. It's really based on what is the organization's appetite for equity, oftentimes, because we have to start somewhere. But I think if we're doing talent development and we're recruiting talent, one of the things that the next generation is going to ask us for and demand from us is how does equity look for them? 
Because see, they're not going to be us. And this is why this is important. They're not going to be us. My children are not me. They're not coming to the organization to say, hey, I think I want to work harder to get another paycheck. They're wanting to know, how is it that I'm going to gain equity in this organization? And here is another lens of equity. If you don't want to pour in to your diverse professionals, if you don't want to pay for my education and my growth and my certifications and my the things I need to grow as a professional, then you're not making an equity investment in me. You're not making an equity investment in me. See, that is how equity works. That's how it works. See, we have to start asking for the baby equity lens. So here's a, here's a narrative around equity and equality. With the quality, you give me the job. You give me the job. But you've given me the platform. Organizations give everybody the platform. Organizations do not give us the elevation. Let me say that again so that we all hear it really clearly. Organizations give us the platform. They don't give us the escalator that takes us to the elevation. That is what we're asking for when we're asking for equity. We want you to give us the platform, which is your equality. But to get equity, I need the escalator. Because if I spend 20 years in the same role and I haven't had a promotion, then you're basically taking away my equity that I could even earn on the salary side of the house. Okay? If I spend 10 years trying to get the qualifications and you don't want to tell me what those qualifications are to move up, you're not investing in me from an equity stake standpoint. You're basically just saying, okay, Margaret's here. We've given her the equality index, which is she's come in the door. That's all we're willing to do. We gave her the door. She got a desk. What do you want? What are you asking for? We got a lot of black and brown people here. Why are you making noise? What I'm saying is equity comes in all kinds of flavors. Equity means that you invest in me and in my growth and you reward me financially when I invest in your company. If I'm showing up every day and I'm investing in your organization, what is your investment in me? And if the investment is just a paycheck, I tell you what, the next generation wants more than that. They do not want that paycheck. Only. They want to know exactly what they are getting out of this. And here's something that I want all of you to stop doing as parents. Okay, as parents. And this is especially for parents of daughters. Okay, this is exactly what I want you to stop doing. Do not tell your daughters to sit in the trenches and earn their keep. Do not tell your daughters that anymore. Do not say to your daughters, you need to do your time before you can get where you need to go. Say to your daughters, I want you to learn how to assess if the organization wants you to be successful 
or if they want you to succeed? Or are they holding a space for success for you? And here's how that looks. An organization who wants you to be successful gives you the tools of success. They give you the tools. If they think that you are there as an an equity, equitable, um, as an equality hire, if they think you're there as an equality hire, then they're never going to give you the tools to make you an equitable partner. They're never going to do it. And so if we tell our daughters, especially our daughters, okay, if we tell our daughters, earn your right, do the time. That's what I did. I spent 20 years sitting in the desk and I'll listen to parents say, oh, my, my, my kids want it fast. Here's the deal. They have earned the right to get it faster. No generation should be coming behind to live the crazy that we lived. My mother was a housekeeper. I am not a housekeeper. So do I say to my kids, go be a housekeeper before you could go do anything else? No, it's generational. So if we've sat in the desk for 20 years, don't say to your kids, I sat in the desk for 20 years and you need to come and earn your time. You want too much too fast. What you need to say to your daughters is, learn as much as you can. And the second you have mastered the role you're in, it's time to lift your head up from the desk and look to see where you're going. It's imperative that we tell our daughters that. It's imperative that as black parents, I'm talking to you guys, as black parents, we stop telling our kids that there's only five or six places they can go in life. And if they choose to do something else that's creating greater equity for them, we poo-poo it. Okay, that ship sailed. It's imperative that if you're, if you're working with students in the HBCU population and you're giving them guidance to go into the career, that you help them understand if the organization is an equality organization or an equity organization. And it's important, HR folks, you folks, HR people, I'm talking to you, that you understand that you are no longer fighting for equality only, that you are fighting for equity and equality. And equity looks like me not just getting a paycheck. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a huge difference. There is an extremely huge difference. Because oftentimes we are fighting We are fighting for the stake in the ground. But when we get and we put the stake in the ground, we get nothing. Think about this. Way back when, the gold miners, the people who went west, right, and and dug for gold, when they stuck their stake in the ground and they got their pan out and started shaking for gold, they had some equity coming because they stuck their, their stake in the ground and they got the gold out of the ground. When we ask employees to stick their stake in our ground, what is the equity they're getting out of it? 
And if you're a parent advising your child, explain this to them. Explain that equity means the organization invests in your growth. Equity means that you can go in and you can see a path. Equity means that they're helping you to move up. Equity means that when you apply for a job and you don't get it, they give you the blueprint so that you can get it. Equity means that there's a mentor who's going to help you move your career needle. Equity is you're not going to be capped by a 5% raise within the organization. That when you move up, they're going to say, hey, Margaret, you've moved up. You, you've earned a different pay scale. And HR folks, equity means that we stop playing the game with the salary ban where we say to employees, you've capped out on the salary band, and so that's as much money as you can earn. That is where you're taking away my equity for all employees, not just the black and brown ones, all employees. That's the system that we have to dismantle around equity. Or you hire someone, you hire someone Thank you for the great comments we're getting in the chat. You hire someone and when you hire them, you you say, well, you know, this, this job has a scale and, and you've capped out. So we've given you all the 5% we can give you, you've capped out. Now you're taking away my salary equity. My salary equity is going out the door. So it's imperative that we understand that we understand how to ask. And Yvonne, yes, I think the issue is we don't know how to ask for it. We don't know how to ask for equity. We don't know how to do it. I'll give you an example. For years, I worked as a consultant. I would place business with third-party administrators all the time as a consultant in the insurance space. It was years of my placing business with, with, with third-party administrators before I realized that they were paying commission to brokers who placed business with them. But as a consultant, nobody ever said, Margaret, you're eligible for some commission. They just said, thank you for the business and sent me a gift in the mail. They never said, hey, there's another pot of pie that you're missing. You brought a million-dollar account to us we should be giving you $20,000 in commission. That's the equity table that we don't get told about. That is the equity table. That is the equity table. We have to be brave enough to ask the question, what does equity look like in this organization? We have to be brave enough to ask the question. And if we're not brave enough to ask the question, right? Then we need to find someone who will get us ready to ask the question, right? And oh my gosh, thank you, Yashika, for posting this. We don't always know that we deserve equity. Oh my God, that could be a whole nother show. That could be a whole nother show. We don't know that we deserve it because our organizations are comfortable giving us what we're getting and we don't know we deserve it. And this is really why I wanted to do this show, this particular podcast episode, where I talk about this issue because we, we fight for the same things that our parents fought for. 
Our parents wanted equality. They wanted to ride in the bus at the front. They wanted to get on the train and be on the train, right? They wanted to be on the train and, 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 and be at the front. That's what they wanted. But the reality is in this day, we can't be asking just for equality. We can't just be asking for equality. Now we have to be asking, what's my equity stake? What does that look like at the front door? What does that look like at the front door? So here's, here's how I think we should ask and learn how to ask as I wrap up today's program. We need to be comfortable in the fact that we've earned the right to get equity in the organization. And we have to decide what equity looks like for our counterparts. Take a good look at what is being invested in our counterparts. What is being invested in our counterparts? What are they getting that we aren't getting? And, and here's the thing, it's so visible what's being given to the other side who's on the equity table, but we just haven't seen it as equity. So if the person's playing golf with a group of people and they're getting business from it, is the organization investing in you so that you learn how to play golf so that you could go on the golf course too and, and get and have business conversations on the golf course? Is the organization investing in your courses and career stuff? Is the organization exposing you to clients and customers who could give you more business, in turn increasing your salary? Is the organization discussing bonuses with you? Yeah, during COVID, you couldn't give me a bonus. I get it, we were in the middle of COVID. But you're giving massive signing bonuses to people to join the organization right now. And if you're giving massive signing bonuses for people to join the organization, you should be looking around going, what is the bonus we're giving to employees to retain them here? What does that look like? If you want me to come back into your office so you could see the white of my eye every day, what happens to me from an equity standpoint when I do that? What am I going to lose both personally because my kids aren't fully back in school or because I'm so stressed out I'm having to drive back across town to be back in your office when for 12 months I was super productive working from home and in fact you got more hours out of me and you didn't pay me for those extra hours. So I left my equity on the table in blood, sweat, and tears as I navigated COVID, my children, and my job. And I did it all successfully, but somehow now you wanna see the white of my eye. That's on the equity side of the house too. So as women, we have to understand our worth. We have to understand our worth. As black and brown professionals, we have to understand our worth when it comes to equity. HR folks, you have the ability to control equity for your employees. You have the ability to control that. Yes, I'm talking to you, HR. Because HR, you're the ones that's deciding whether I get a full salary when you make me an offer, or if I get a partial salary because you wanna save money for the organization, right? 
and you're bringing in my counterparts higher. I've often said that the salary disparity for women could be solved by HR if HR had the guts to do it. If HR had the guts to fight for equity, we would all have equity. Oh yeah, I'm going there. And those of you doing DEI work, reevaluate which side of the house you're asking for. Stop asking for the equity side of the house. Stop asking for it. Yes, we want to be hired. Yes, all of that is important. But you have to, you must in 2021 and going into 2022 as the George Floyd effect wears off, we have to refocus on equity. We have to refocus on equity. So I hope that all of you got something out of this. Understand which side of the house you're working on. Are you on the cost center side of the house? Are you building your career on the cost center side of the house? And do you need to move your career to the equity side of the house? And do you need to start having equity conversations with your organization? What can you do, HR, to reframe equity so we increase our equality? How do we do that? How do we increase it? For all of you that are joining me today, I want to let you know that we are um, launching our beta community for DEI uh, professionals. If we have 25 spots in our beta, it is free. I'm making a circle so that we can get great data and information to build a community effectively, a community for you, not one for me. So I have 25 spots for our beta. If you'd like to participate, in the Inclusion Learning Lab community and build out a dynamic place for diversity practitioners and allies to grow and groom and learn to be better fosters of inclusion, then send me a direct message on LinkedIn, Margaret Spence, and I will pick 25 people from the slot to be in our beta and you will go through our community with us. And next week I'll share the community layout so everybody could see it. Sign up for our newsletter at um, inclusionlearninglab.com and join us here on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna do a couple more shows solo. Next week, we're gonna talk about, this is the topic next week that you need to come back for. I don't want your stinking career ladder. That's next week's topic. Oh yeah, I'm going there. The Great Resignation and DEI. Yeah, we're going to talk about the career ladder to nowhere that most of us are on and how we upend and change that. That's next week's show. And from a diversity standpoint, from a woman's standpoint, what are we asking for there from our career and these career ladders that we've been given and told, here's the ladder, go climb it. So thank you again for joining us. Remember to visit our website, inclusionlearninglab.com. The episode will is recorded and it will show up in the LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook feed. And thank you again for being a part of this with me. I so appreciate all of you that are supporting um, supporting me as I bring this, this program forward. So thank you so much uh, for being here. You're like a circle that floats around me, keeping me safe and sound. And when I fall, you've tied a rope to me. You're blessing me every day. I was down with an illusion, like a sparrow with broken.
Thank you all. Take care. See you next week.